The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Hey, greetings. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world for the best in pet talk radio. It's always exciting on the Pet Buzz. It's always fun, right, Dr. Fleck? It sure is, and it's very informative. You know, I have to tell you, my energy's a little bit low because I haven't been feeling well. Uh, lately. Anyway, last week I saw a variety of doctors and had a variety of lab tests. And while I was at the lab, I had this really nice lab technician. We talked for a little while and she asked me what I did. I told her I work in media, radio, and TV and about the show. And when she heard I hosted a pet radio show, you know, just like when you go to cocktail parties and people whip out pictures of their pets, well, she whipped out pictures of her dog. And one of them was really unusual. She told me she thought it was a Chihuahua and Siberian Husky mix. And, you know, this, which is, I've never heard of such a crazy combination. So the dog was smaller than a Husky, but had a Chihuahua build with that curved in tail. Now it had this kind of Siberian coat. But it didn't have blue eyes. So I thought that was kind of it was definitely an attractive dog. But, you know, it was just interesting how people do that. You know, I know you're sick of it. I'm sick of it, too. Anyway, well, during the course of our conversation, she said, oh, you know what? That just reminds me. I've got to schedule an appointment with my vet. (laughs) And I said, oh, who do you go to in town? And she said, I go to see Dr. Fleck at the Red Barn. Right at your discount clinic. Her name was Terry, like a little heavy set gal with blonde hair. Do you know who I'm talking about? I know exactly who you're talking how about. How funny is that? It, it's total. How could anybody forget when you've got a Siberian and a Chihuahua? We talked about conception. I know. I know. I asked her the same thing, too. I said, do you know? And she said, no, I actually adopted the dogs. I'm only assuming the male was a Chihuahua and the female was a Siberian Probably husky, a good assumption to make. there's no way mm-hmm. the Chihuahua could have survived. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe she had mm-hmm. one dog carrying mm-hmm. that. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, see, it's a small world, right? It's a very small world. Well, Terry at LabCorp, thank you for taking such good care of me. And not only did she make an impression with me, she obviously made an impression with you because you know exactly who I was I talking. exactly who Isn't was. that funny? It's <laughs> such a small world. Hey, now we got to talk about the show specifics. What's on the Pet Buzz this week? Well, this week on the Pet Buzz, we're talking about dogs driving, Puppy Mill Awareness Day, Ringworm, and who gets the Queen's Corgi, as well as Remember Me Thursday. Well, let's bring on our next guest. Just so you know, Thursday of next week is Remember Me Thursday, a Helen Woodward Animal Center initiative that focuses on orphan pets around the world. Joining us to talk about Remember Me Thursday is my friend, one of the most awesome mentors a girl could have, and such a great, kind individual. It's Mike Arms. Mike Arms is the president of Helen Woodward, and he's a pioneer in animal in the animal welfare industry. We are so pleased to welcome you back to the Pet Buzz to discuss Remember Me Thursday. Much love to you, Mike. Well, same to you, Charlotte, and thanks to the two of you for having me today. Um, you, you do such great work in bringing out the words for animals. You're the voice for animals, and I tell everybody about the two of you and 
the great work that you're doing and just continue to do. You don't have to do it. You do it because you care. That's absolutely true. We do. And that's why we have you, because we know you care too, Mike. So what is Remember Me Thursday? Okay, it started years ago when we were doing a conference. And just a few weeks before the conference, we read in a tabloid about how many pets, millions of pets, were going to be euthanized in the country this year and how many millions more around the world were going to be euthanized. And it really hit us hard saying that we're bringing these beautiful pets down to be nothing more than a number and a statistic. We're forgetting that they were beautiful living pets that just wanted a chance. And so we gave everybody in the audience a flameless candle to light those candles in honor of those pets that didn't make it, to let them know that somebody did care, that we all cared, and to shine a light on the millions of pets waiting for a chance just to get a chance to be in a loving home. It went viral. We had 63 million social media impressions on it, and it has grown from there. Last year on Memory Thursday, just in the one day alone, we had one billion print and social media impressions. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. You got her in tears here now. No, it's, um, I don't know. Mike always makes me get, bring tears to my eyes and pretty emotional. Anyway, Mike, tell us how pet lovers can join the cause and celebrate all of these possibly orphan pets that exist all over the world. Well, we're hoping that everybody around the globe will participate in Remember Me Thursday. We want to light up the world for orphan pets. So whether you do a candlelight visual with your organization or you as an individual, just take a picture of your pet with a candle to reflect that we want to light up the world for orphan pets. We want to bring attention to their need, to their care. You know, we will put on this magnificent planet to share it with them. And we're supposed to be the compassionate beings to protect them, not to use them, abuse them, and lose them. So we're hoping that all of your listeners will do the same on that day, on September 22nd, and light up the world for orphan pets. They can go to the website, rememberthursday.org, and they'll find out all the things that they can do to bring attention to orphan pets. Pretty spectacular. It is pretty spectacular. And as I was sitting here thinking, I was going to write a letter to our affiliates today, and I'm going to also ask them if they would actually talk about this initiative and encourage their listeners on their stations around the country to do the same thing. Yeah, let's double that number of, of impressions on social media <laughs> from a billion to two billion. That would be great. Well, I, I we, agree. I think we I think we can try to help. Well, anyway, if you've just joined us, we're speaking with Mike Arms, the president of Helen Woodward uh, in San Diego County uh, about Remember Me Thursday initiative that uh, Helen Woodward uh, created. You had a question. Yeah, Doc. Mike, what's happening at the Helen Woodward campus this year on this very special day? First of all, Jasmine Tooks, T-O-O-K-E-S, Jasmine Tooks a supermodel, is going to be the spokesperson for Memory Thursday this year. She has 6.2 million followers. She's just a great, great spokesperson, loves animals. All her pets are rescue pets. So on this day, on September 22nd, 
You will see a video of her talking about it. She's going to be posting it long before then. But at the same time, we're going to have people calling in that morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It'll all be on Zoom. But they're calling in from Ukraine. They're calling in from Poland. They're calling in from all over the world to be part of this great thing that's happening. Because we want to bring attention to all those magnificent pets and the suffering they're going through in Ukraine right now. So they're going to be a major part of Remember Me Thursday this year. So there'll be a lot of events going on, but we'll be doing it here at the center from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., and everybody can Zoom in and join. That's Pacific Standard Time? Correct. Yes. And I think it's great that you're honoring the pets from Ukraine. I mean, we saw so many pets being taken out of the country with their owners. But on the other hand, there were so many pets that were left behind. I mean, some people who could afford to ended up leaving pets at various kennels and daycare centers. Some of them, in fact, were bombed. And some of the daycare centers ended up taking 40 and 50 pets and are still trying to take care of them and feed them. And plus, you know, so many pets, um, were have passed based on on just the war alone the war efforts alone so we're so glad that you're you're focusing on ukraine um well we saw the, we saw the need and we did a little fundraiser for them and we sent over three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for medical care for food and to buy a vehicle to move the animals out of danger zones into safety how fantastic is that? Absolutely. I mean, that's just so great, actually being able to take care of the pets literally on the ground and actually move them out. I mean, I know at some of Romania and Germany, um, people were in those countries as people were leaving the Ukraine, but it makes a huge difference to be able to find ways to get those pets out of the country and get them adopted. I know um, in England, a lot of people are having a lot of problems because they brought their pets to England to settle, but the pets, of course, then had to go to uh, quarantine for six months, um, depending on where they are. So that issue just mounts. So it's great that so many people, um, including Helen Woodward, as known as the shelter of the future with all of their initiatives, uh, with Mike leading the helm, that are able to do such great work, especially now for those people and those pets. Right, Dr. Flack? Absolutely. Well, let's take that commercial break. I uh, hope you guys will stick around with us. Uh, also in our next segment is Celebrity Pet Buzz and Flex Facts. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Training matters for all dogs, especially for puppies. To make training fun and enjoyable, motivate your pooch with Hunter's Healthy Treats. Hunter's Treats contain no corn, wheat, soy, preservatives, added flavors, or food coloring. Dogs love them because they're soft-baked with healthy ingredients like pumpkin, peanut butter, and sweet potato. Train your dog to give him the best life with the best motivation. Hunter's Healthy Treats. Visit Hunter's Healthy Treats.com. Hunter's Healthy Treats is a proud partner of the Pet Buzz. 
When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. So we are back with Mike Arms, the president of Helen Woodward. He's a friend and a mentor, and I'm so happy to support Remember Me Thursday, which we are talking about. So tell us a little bit more. What are your partner organizations, sponsors of Remember Me Thursday? What else is going to be happening at Helen Woodward? Well, first of all, our partners, of course, our partner is Blue Buffalo, but our sponsors are Fetch Pet Insurance, Neptune Medical Supply, Trusted House Sitters, Naturally Fresh Kitty Litter. And then what's going to be happening here is Boogie Shoes will be recorded. She'll be on the, the, the call. Two people from Poland, Donata, Sunglass Cat will be on there, Paws Cross. There'll be so many different people that'll be on there. Tuna Melts My Heart will be on there. The Estonia Animal Rescue Society will be on there. Shorty Rossi will be here. He'll be here with his dog. So everybody's going to be here. There'll be songs that were written just for Remember Me Thursday. That'll be played. And it'll just be going on over and over right here in our arena. And then what time does it start? Are you starting at 12 a.m. and going at 12? No, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay, that's right. 12 noon your time. You know, Mike, as global as this seems to be, one of the things that I recognize as a practitioner I have Republicans, Democrats, independents, uh, all different types of racial people coming in, all different types of ethnic people coming in. And yeah, and you know what? What's in common? They all love their pet and they all care about their pets and they care about other people's pets too, which is really interesting to me. The one unifying thing that I think that we have in the universe today, and Mike, you're gonna really help that out with this Remember Me Thursday program. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you. And we have, we do have 180 countries participating. Unbelievable. Believe Nothing it. like that's ever been done in the world. Well, we're going to light our candles and we're going to encourage our stations and our friends and our family. And you'll encourage people in your practice. Um, you know what, Mike, are there any posters for this event? Yes, there are, and we can get them out to whoever wants one. They can just get in touch with us, and we'll be happy to get them out. Yeah, I'll get a poster from Jessica, and uh, actually, I'll get two, because in the studio, we have posters. You can't see them, but there's posters, antique posters, all kinds of posters, and I will actually would love to have it framed and put up so that every single year we can remember, remember Thursday. There's only one request I'm going to have is that you sign the poster. (laughs) Well, also, I think if we, I hope we're going to do this again next year, but I'm going to have you read the poem that I wrote for Remember Me Thursday. They read it all over the world. I've seen it in newspapers in Africa. They put it in those papers in Russia and everything, but... It would be my honor that you read it while you're on air. 
Sure. I'd love to do that. Absolutely. I'll do that. I'll actually read it, record it, and then I will, um, I'll post it. I'll mm -hmm. do it. I'll do a Facebook Live. Hey, Mike, before we depart, can you give us that, that website for Remember Me Thursday? I sure can. It's um, RememberMeThursday.org. It's one word, RememberMeThursday.org. Fantastic. You know, we're always so happy to speak to Mike Arms about Remember Me Thursday and any other initiatives that Helen Woodward has. You Our know, most emotional interviews. Are, yeah, there really are for me there. Well, Mike is credited in the last 40 years with saving the lives of millions of orphan animals around the world, as well as creating innovative and educational programs to help animals, as well as shelters and shelter workers throughout the world. As a result, Helen Woodward Animal Center is known as the animal shelter of the future. So would you please help us shine a light on orphan pets? I want you, like Mike said, to visit RememberMeThursday.org. That's RememberMeThursday.org. And find out what you can do on September 22nd to remember and help orphan pets around the world. Now it's time for Celebrity Pet Buzz. News that some of the Queen's beloved dogs will be taken in by Prince Andrew has sparked a backlash online. As you know, Queen Elizabeth II died Thursday, that's last Thursday, at Balmoral Castle in Scotland and was renowned for her love of animals, especially her beloved corgis and dorgies. It is believed that the monarch had about four or five dogs at the time of her death, including two corgis named Muick and Sandy, and a dorgy, a cross between a dachshund and a corgi called Candy, and two cocker spaniels. Shortly before her death, Newsweek reported that the two corgis would most likely go to live with Prince Andrew in the event of the Queen's death. And now the prince and his former wife, Sarah Ferguson, Duchess of York, will look after Muick and Sandy. A source confirmed with Newsweek on Monday that the Duke and Duchess would take the two young dogs at their Royal Lodge Manson within the Windsor Estate at Berkshire, England. The Corgis will return to live at the Royal Lodge with the Duke and Duchess. It was the Duchess who found the puppies that were gifted to Her Majesty by the Duke. A source close to the Prince told Newsweek, it seems as if the Duchess bonded with Her Majesty over dog walking and riding horses. And even after her divorce, she would continue her great relationship with Her Majesty by walking the dogs in Frogmore and chatting, the source said. Prince Andrew gifted his mother the two puppies along with a dorgy, Fergus, after the death of her husband, Prince Philip, in April of 2021. Sadly, Fergus died three months later, so Prince Andrew and his daughters, the princesses Beatrice and Eugenia, gave her another corgi named Sandy. Even though they're divorced, Prince Andrew and the Duchess, that's Fergie, continue to live together in the Royal Lodge while Frogmore is an estate next to Windsor Castle. But backlash online to the reported decision had been shifted following controversy over the prince's involvement with the Jeff Epstein scandal. Someone wrote online, Prince Andrew got the corgis? Couldn't have been literally anyone else. Whether he takes the corgis, dorgies, or any other pets, I don't think Prince Andrew could rehabilitate his image, even if he is the favorite child of the queen. The Pet Buzz Mailbag. You've got mail. 
Well, Dr. Fleck, this question hails from Deirdre and Dodie from Tennessee. It's for you. Oh, it's for me? Yes. The okay. couple just rescued a cat and wanted to know what should be included in their cat's diet. Can you help them by answering their question, Dr. Fleck? To some degree, I certainly can. Well, you know, by nature, cats are carnivorous, and hence cat's diet should be rich in animal tissue. For adequate nutrition, you should provide it with an appropriate quantity of fats, proteins, vitamins, and minerals throughout its diet. Cats require essential amino acids, taurine and arginine, vitamins A, C, and niacin, dietary proteins, and arachidonic acid, isn't that a neat name, arachidonic acid, are required to ensure good health. Generally, cats require a protein and fat-rich diet rather than a high-carbohydrate diet. All these nutrients are essential for the cat's healthy growth and reproduction. Great. It's time for the I Like you of the Week. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. Die for. You know, since I mentioned it a few weeks ago on the show, I've been getting tons of questions about a dog food with a two-year shelf life. Happy Bond Pet Food is all about new technology. It's human-grade dog food that has a longer yet stable shelf life. That's two years, as I said. Their fresh power food is produced through a gentle process that is created with their proprietary patent-pending technology. The company uses human-grade ingredients with over 60% protein. Of course, there are no additives, no preservatives or fillers. The vacuum seal is what contributes to that two-year shelf life. Think of tomato sauce. Think of glass jars of pickles. We'll choose amongst three proteins. Power food number one is lean beef and broccoli. Then there's tenderloin and sweet potato. And then there's chicken and rice casserole. The food is balanced and complete by AFCO guidelines. The packaging is sustainable, a safe, reusable glass jar, and the stable shelf life provides convenience to free up freezer and fridge space. And just so you know, I even ate this yummy food on TV about three weeks ago. So watch the clip on my social media channels. Check out this yummy food at happybond.com. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Epi-Pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm pet Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! 
Okay. Doc, what's the topic for today? Today, we're going to talk about ringworm, a common skin disease with particular significance in that it is a zoonotic disease or transmissible to people. So how common is ringworm? Ringworm, notice that it's not a skin worm, it's actually a fungus, is an infection and is a common problem, especially in kittens and younger cats. Older cats tend to be immune following exposure earlier in life, so they are less commonly affected. Older cats that have immune system issues may be more likely to pick up ringworm. Okay, so how does a cat get it? Oh boy, cats pick it up ringworm following direct contact with ringworm spores, either by physical contact with the infected animal or by physical contact with inanimate objects such as the furniture, bedding, food, bowls, brushes, and combs. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. Okay, so what are the symptoms? Clinical signs associated with ringworm are areas of hair loss, which is called alopecia, as well as crusty, scabby areas, increased skin scales like dandruff, and a variable level of inflammation or redness or dermatitis, which is soreness and itchiness around the skin. Okay, so early on, you mentioned that humans can get ringworm, right? Yes. So how do humans get ringworm from their cats? Well, pet owners should be aware that ringworm is zoonotic, means it's transmissible from pets to animals, animals to pets. Humans can pick up ringworm from their pets, therefore. So ringworm lesions in humans are generally circular, reddened areas of skin seen especially in the areas where the person may have physically been in contact with the cat. For example, the forearms, hands, neck, and maybe the face. No, but you know what I'm thinking? The legs. I know a lot of people who have had ringworms on their legs, and you can actually see the ring on their ankles because the cat who had it brushed up against them. When they don't have on uh, long pants. Sure. So children and young people are more prone to picking up ringworm. Uh, Previous exposure tends to lead to some level of immunity. In older people. In in older people. Uh, if, if a human is, is affected, they should contact their medical doctor, obviously, to avoid human infections of ringworm. Take care when handling a cat that may have ringworm. Affected cats should be separated from children in particular. Okay, so then how is it treated? Ringworm is ideally treated with a combination of topical and systemic or internal therapy for the cat, and you combine with treatment of the environment also. Take care of everything. If a multiple cat household has an outbreak of ringworm, all of the cats in the house may need to be treated, even if they don't have any signs. So it's a must. You must treat all of them just because it spreads. Okay, so since it's so contagious, is it necessary to treat the environment? I mean, what kind of things do you have to do? Treatment of the cat's environment is also really necessary. Maybe use the vacuum uh, where the living areas are. And remember to throw away that vacuum bag after you've done that, too. Don't leave that to be passed on. And using bleach or other disinfectants to wipe down. Wait a second. Wait a second. What about a lot of vacuums don't have bags anymore. So I would assume you have to throw the contents of the vacuum away and then wipe down the insert, right? Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of work. Yeah. That's why I just said the bag of the vacuum cleaner, because I wouldn't use the other kind. You could use bleach or other disinfectants to wipe down the hard surfaces such as flooring or the inside of the Mm -hmm. vacuum. Don't forget 
beds, blankets, and toys. Wash them with hot, soapy water with laundry sanitizer. Very, very important. Anything else, Dr. Fleck? That's all the Flex fact for the week. Wow. Thanks, Dr. Fleck. Something to think about, you know, especially if you're adopting or even fostering a cat because, you know, there's a big push to foster cats. You know, many people adopt cats. In my experience, they have to be careful because within a short period of time after adopting, they contact ringworm from their new four-legged family member. And like I said, I've had friends who adopted cats and the cat will rub up against their legs. And the next thing you know, they'll have ringworm. You know, and as a veterinary practitioner, I see it frequently. So, yeah, I'm sure when people bring the cats and they have ringworm. Everybody's adopting a cat or an orphan cat from outside. Wow. It's yeah. great. It's great they're doing it. Yeah, they're taking feral cats. Out. I mean, my neighbor, Kelly, that she's always trying to get people to adopt cats. So you think of ringworm, you think of feline leukemia, think of feline AIDS when you do something like that. Just make sure that they're healthy before you get really involved with them. Celebrated on the third Saturday of September, September 17th this year is Puppy Mill Awareness Day, which aims to encourage dog lovers to adopt dogs instead of shopping for them. This is done by giving an insight into the cruel conditions faced by dog in puppy mills. And joining us to talk about how the Humane Society is not just combating puppy mill awareness mm -hmm. on one day of the year, but every day is John Goodwin. He is the Vice President of the Humane Society of the United States. John, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Hey, thanks for having me back. Welcome back, yes. So let's talk about puppy mill awareness. I know every year um, the Humane Society puts out a list called the Horrible 100s, and I want you to talk a little bit about that for our listening audience. Uh, and one of the reasons that I want you to talk about it is because a lot of people who think they're buying purebred dogs end up with registration papers and those registration papers have kennels on them. And I want people to really have a good understanding of where their dogs come from. And I think you have taught me that that's really important because you have to learn where your dogs come from um, to stop these horrible puppy melts. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we just put out this year our 10th annual Horrible 100 report, and they're all available on our website, humanesociety.org, if people want to look at them. But uh, each year we document 100 problematic puppy mills. Now, we don't say that they're the worst of the puppy mills because there are definitely some out there that we don't get any information on that could be even worse. But what we're documenting is horrific. Animals with uh, severe medical problems aren't being treated. Animals in overcrowded, unsanitary conditions. Sanitation is a big issue in a lot of these places. And uh, we've got a number of puppy mills who have been in a whole bunch of horrible hundred reports because they keep on getting citations from USDA or state agriculture departments or whoever it is that goes in there and uh, looks at them. Yeah, you know, the last time we talked to you, I think you had just finished with the movement to make legislation in Dallas so that no pet store, or should I say the last pet store in Dallas, would no longer be able to sell dogs. Soon after that, you were working on a New York State initiative. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so over 10% of the puppy selling pet stores in the United States are in New York State. And remember, most pet store puppies come from puppy mills because high volume pet retailers 
rely on high volume pet breeders. And that's where you get these large commercial breeding operations that are puppy mills. Well, that bill did pass the legislature and uh, it, by a huge margin, it won majorities of both Democrats and Republicans in both the New York Senate and the New York Assembly, which is what they call their House of Representatives. So the last step is for the governor to sign that bill into law. And at some point, she will call the bill to her desk, and then she'll have 10 days to sign, veto, or allow the bill to become law without her signature. We're confident she will sign it. Uh, it is an election year. I wouldn't doubt that maybe she's waiting to get a little closer to the election to sign, but we, uh, we anticipate that happening. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now what, now what states you're going after? When are you coming to Florida? Oh, well, let me tell you, we had a big fight in Florida. Uh, in this case, it was a defensive fight. Petland, who is the number one pet store that sells puppy mill puppies, they gave over $300,000 in donations to Florida legislators. They gave $25,000 to Governor DeSantis, and they pushed a bill through the legislature that would stop. It would take away your city council or county commission's right to stop the sale of puppy mill puppies in pet stores. But we did a big campaign and Governor DeSantis vetoed the bill. And so that was killed. Uh, that was a huge, huge, huge fight. And we expect to do some more uh, work in Florida. We're going to have a defensive, uh, another defensive stand, though. In Manatee County, we got an ordinance through last year to stop the sale of puppy mill puppies in pet stores. And Petland is invested heavily in trying to get some new county commissioners elected, and they're going to attempt a repeal effort in mid-November. So we're gearing up for a big fight to defend that, that uh, what was a significant win. So, John, you'll be here in Manatee County. Oh, probably, probably, because we're going to... Uh, you call me ahead be... of time, and I will make sure that I will meet you, and I will be there, and I will try to help. Absolutely. Well, I'll look forward to that. And, you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a series of chaotic county commission meetings when they attempt this. Uh, the new commissioners come in in November, and so it would all start then. There's also, we just had an election, and I believe there's only one or two, one commissioner that was re-voted in. I think there's a lot of new, isn't that true, Dr. Fleck? I'm not sure you followed I think, that closely. Well, there, there's some new ones. That, that, that there were, there were, uh, there are seven commissioners, three had their primaries. And uh, uh, Commissioner uh, Reggie Bellamy won his primary. He was incumbent. But uh, Commissioners Carol Whitmore and Mr. DeServia lost their primaries. And they were, they were, good, mm. they were good legislators. So that's too bad. Uh, so two seats flipped. Now, remember, we won four to three. Uh, and now two are gone. So we're, we're going to have a, I think it's going to be a, a pretty loud and chaotic uh, lobbying effort. I think you're right. And I mean, you know, those two commissioners were considered pretty liberal, I would say, right. in the in the They were supportive of, the, of, of pets. They, but they were also a little bit more, they were, they were considered liberal. That, that's why they lost their Republican primary, like I mean, COVID it, restrictions and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't have a problem saying that. I mean, we talk about Democrats and we talk about Republicans. Um, right. Just so you guys know out there, we live in Manatee County. Uh, we do have a pet land there. Um, so the the um, elections are all about messaging. You just got to get the right message out. And 
they um, unfortunately didn't get the right message out. Right. Well, okay. Well, let's move on. Because I think it's <laughs> to move on. Um, well, that's good that they're actually continuing to work and to get these initiatives. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking to John Goodwin, Vice President of the Humane Society of the United States, about puppy mill awareness. I'm not necessarily talking about puppy mill awareness day, but just in general, puppy mill awareness and the good works that um, the Humane Society of the United States does. And we're learning more about the Humane Society of the United States in their efforts to shut down puppy mills. So what other initiatives are you working on? Well, we've got some uh, more really, uh, I would say, heavily contested ordinances that we're going to be pursuing at the local level around the country. So right now, uh, the number of stores that sell puppies, and remember, that store puppies almost always come from puppy mills. A few years ago, there were about 900 of these stores around the country. We're down to 600 now. So about a third of them have either closed or stopped selling puppies, moved on to a more humane business model. So we're trying to do more ordinances in places that have a lot of these stores. Clark County, Nevada, that's where, uh, that's the, uh, Las Vegas is the county seat for Clark County. There are 13 puppy selling stores that would be affected by an ordinance there. That's more than some states have. To put that in perspective, Maryland, which was the second state to sell puppies in pet stores, had eight eight of these puppy stores. Clark County, 13. So this is a real big, a real big battle. Uh, and we expect that county commission to be voting on that uh, probably this year. We're also looking at Wichita, Kansas, where there are uh, a number of stores. And we, we recently got the first one in Arkansas, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Really glad to see a diverse type of state that's really starting to see more of these anti-puppy mill ordinances enacted. I mean, we're seeing these things pop up in the reddest areas and the bluest areas. You know, John, I think our listeners should understand when we're shutting down these puppy mills, why are we doing it? It's because generally speaking, the health of these puppies is so much inferior to what normal breeding would be, whether we're talking about breeders or the kind that you generally get from from shelters. The, and, and it's so sad because people are so excited about having a puppy. And if the puppy has inferior health problems, it may not even show up in the first six months or the first year. That DNA is really marked. And, and we're going to have issues. And to watch the, the, the pet parents coming in year after year with serious health issues and loving that pet so much, they just don't know what to do. And that's what you're trying to avoid, to have the healthy puppies that come into the hands of pet, pet parents. Absolutely. The sick puppies that are sold by the pet stores is one of the major, major uh, drivers on some of these ordinances that seek to you know, stop these stores from selling puppies. So yes, the, one of the big issues is the puppy mills the puppies come from and the conditions the parent dogs live in. But then there are massive health problems that come from these facilities where they're just trying to produce as many puppies as possible with no regard for the health of the animals. And then they've got sanitation issues, they've got long distance transport, uh, I can tell you that animal control down in Fort Myers, Florida, uh, 
went into one of these vehicles that was making a delivery at a Petland store and they found 24 puppies. They were covered in animal waste because they'd been in there for in a tiny little cage for three days on their drive from some Midwestern puppy mills to South Florida. Of course, there's going to be disease problems, but I'm talking about immediate short-term disease problems. And you're talking about the long-term congenital uh, health problems that many of them have. And, and I want to mention something about the sales pitch that, that these pet store employees will give when you walk in the door. They always talk about these warranties that they have. The warranties are drafted to defend the company, to protect the company rather than to protect the customer. And they do not protect from these long-term and genital health problems that uh, pop up later and come as a result of sloppy breeding. I think it's important. I mean, I you know, and, and John knows this. I think it's important. Um, Dr. Fleck and I believe in choice. Mm -hmm. We believe that you can adopt a puppy from a, re a reputable rescue right. organization, but we also believe that if you want a purebred dog, um, you should be able to use resources to find the best dog possible. Dr. Fleck and I have had purebred dogs, but we've also have rescue dogs over the years. And we have rescue dogs, whether they were dumped off in a box in front of the clinic or whether we went to the shelter and picked up our dogs. Well, actually, we're up against a hard commercial break. Can you stick around, John, and, and oh, yeah. deal with another segment for us? Great. Absolutely. I know you love your dog and you want to treat him well, but with so many treats in the pet marketplace, how do you choose? Look for treats made with no additives or preservatives, just natural ingredients, like Hunter's Healthy Treats. Choose pumpkin, sweet potato, or peanut butter heart-shaped treats. Not only are they good for your dog, but he will love the taste too. For healthier treats and happier dogs, choose Hunter's Healthy Treats. Visit Hunter'sHealthyTreats.com. Hunter's Healthy Treats is a proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and, and country. By having John here, we are not talking about forcibly closing down stores for no good reason. Right. We're talking exactly right. about perpetuating this vicious cycle of large commercial breeding where dogs are treated just like property there's no consideration for their life and they're starting out 
in the negative column because of the conditions that they're kept in. Uh, the conditions might be cleaner than others, but they're kept in a cage that they maybe they only have two inches that's taller than them. Um, they don't get attention. They don't get love. They don't have an opportunity to thrive from the beginning. So when we're talking about shutting down pet stores, it's all about the vicious cycle. Shutting down pet stores with the sale of of, of puppies mm -hmm. right but the sale mm -hmm. of puppies it's not like we want to remove pet stores that you right. should have in right so i think that's important to distinguish because you know a lot of times people hear what they want to hear exactly so we are dr fleck and i other than doing the show we're business people but at the same point we want to be able to buy and shop at stores that we believe in and that have purposes that align with ours and, you know, John knows this because I've had John on the show many times. I think everybody has input. You know, I've always, like I said, like to hear what John has to say. I mean, I had a friend who showed dogs and told me she'd never, she, she'd speak to me again, maybe. But she, you know, it's a big picture. Everyone makes a contribution. And I think that's really important to make. I just thought it was important to bring out the, the reasons why. Yeah, of course. You're actually trying to shut this down. I mean, as you point out, the, the conditions that exist in, in many of these stores and in the transport, in the care, um, which will lead to the health problems. And I'm the one that's on the front line dealing with the puppy that comes in with with the new pet parents that are emotionally involved with all of a sudden a very serious emotional problem and a financial problem and they shouldn't have and to do that long-term health problems and that's why we support what you're doing well thank you and, and you know, i'll say something you know here's here's what, what distinguishes a good responsible breeder from a puppy mill the responsible breeder uh will be happy to introduce you to the mother dog show you where the mother dog lives They'll probably vet you to make sure that the puppy that they helped birth is going to a good home. All of the puppy mill sales outlets, whether it's a pet store that sells puppies, whether it's a website where they ship a puppy sight unseen, whether it's a flea market or you know the side of a parking lot, or maybe it's an advertisement on Craigslist and they meet you in the Burger King parking lot. All of those have one thing in common. They keep the customer far away from where the parent dogs live so the customer can't see the conditions the mother dog lives in. And, you know, I just think that you know, there really is a big distinction between a responsible breeder and a puppy mill. And, and that's one of them. I think the second distinction is, is that the, the puppy mill and the retail sales outlets they use will just sell a puppy to anybody that can get approved for financing, whereas a responsible breeder is a little bit more uh, judicious about making sure that, you know, the puppies are going to a good place. They don't just give the puppy to the first person that walks in the door with the MasterCard. And I and we've talked about these issues before, including, you know, kidnapping, dog napping. Uh, we've talked about the finance issue, how the stores lure you in and promise you financing for puppies, where actually you really don't own the dog until the puppy is paid for. And a lot of times some of these agreements are actually not even legal based on the state. Like recently we had a case in Massachusetts where they had you finance puppies, but in Massachusetts, there's legislation against financing dogs and they still were financing puppies. They were breaking the law. So it's important for you if you are getting a puppy, uh, once you find out, go look in your local shelter, decide what you want, go to a, and find a reputable breeder. But really we wanna stop puppy mills. That's why we're talking about this.
and, and, and that's what we're talking about is sending the message. You need more people on your side with the efforts that are going forward. Yes. I would imagine, because I see it in my clients every day, that puppy mill, they don't know what that means. They don't right. know if there's going to be a problem with that. What we're trying to do with this interview and what you're trying to do is to prevent people from having to deal with that awful, awful experience. And now that we've had this conversation, mm -hmm. we hope that the message is getting out so that there are more people that will support all the efforts that you're trying to do with this until the businesses decide that they need to do it right. Yeah, exactly. And it's crazy that some of these companies keep on selling these puppy mill puppies because the fact is that 94% of pet stores in this country don't sell puppies because the money is in selling food, treats, beds, grooming equipment, over-the-counter medicine, toys, everything, everything. Uh, you can sell a puppy once and, and you can gouge the customer as they often do. But uh, I, I'd rather be the one who sells everything that that dog's going to need for the next 12 to hopefully, you know, 15 or so years. So I, I would advise anyone running those businesses to look at this more humane and frankly, lucrative business model. Well, I think that's really important. I'm glad we actually distinguished this, clarified the conversation um, so that our listeners know more about puppy nails and why they should, you know. Why they should. Why, exactly. Why they should. So before you leave today, give us your website so our listeners can learn more. Sure, sure. So the, the, the main website is humanesociety.org. But if you're interested in learning more about puppy mills, very easy to remember, humanesociety.org slash puppy mills. Try to keep it easy, humanesociety.org slash puppy mills. Everything you need to know is there. Uh, we've got research, we've got reports, we've got fact sheets, videos, everything. Please go to their website. I guess it's Humane Society of the United States slash puppy mills. Humanesociety.org slash puppy mills. So please go to their website to learn more and become a spokesperson for the organization. Speak out to stop uh, puppy mills, adopt dogs. And now pet buzz news from around the globe. Well, a man is facing charges in Israel of reckless driving after posting footage on social media of his dog appearing to steer his car in downtown Jerusalem. The video went viral on Israeli WhatsApp groups on Monday, drawing the interest of Israel's central traffic unit. Ynet News reports the man was questioned by Jerusalem police. The 35-year-old resident is deemed to have endangered other road users with his wrongful actions, but was also driving a car without a valid vehicle inspection test, said Israeli police. The man is expected to face reckless driving charges. According to the police, whoever does such things is playing with human lives. We will continue to work to enforce and prosecute serious traffic violators, said the Jerusalem police. Reddit commenters had a bit of fun with the incident. Here's one. Oh, no, he's going to get a barking ticket, said one. Another said, to be fair, if I knew my dog could drive a car, I couldn't resist either. 
said another. As it turns out, in New Zealand, three dogs were actually taught to drive a car in 2012. The pooches underwent three months of intensive training in which they were taught to sit behind the wheel and stare. Over a period of several weeks, the dog progressed from go-karts to actual autos where they ultimately could accelerate and brake. It was the work of an animal charity which aimed to prove how intelligent rescue dogs can be and encourage their adoption. If your dog could drive, would you be a passenger in his vehicle? Let us know. Post a comment on our social media channels at The Pet Buzz. Tell me something good. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something This Tell Me Something Good is about the sweetness, the adorableness of our dogs, and how they know exactly how to comfort us. The story starts out with a dog named Iris. Iris jumped off the bed at night and she went downstairs. Well, her owner wanted to find out what she was up to, so she looked on the house cameras. What she spied actually shocked her. It shocked me too. You know, in the video, in the footage, Iris can be seen wagging her tail as she spots the teddy, that's a teddy bear, on the back of the sofa before carrying it back upstairs. The dog mom remarked that Iris must have realized that she didn't have, that means the dog mom didn't have her comfort teddy. So she grabbed it and brought it up to me in my bed. That's what the dog mom said. Now, that's really a dog. I must admit, I have a comfort teddy and I've had it my... In 2019, a study discovered that a dog's ability to pick up on their owner's emotions increases over time. As the oldest domesticated animal, dogs possess a special ability to communicate with humans, which researchers believe is useful to both species. This skill also means that they can tell when you're sad and they want to help. Maybe both the dog mom and her fur kid sleep better when the teddy is in the bed. Well, Dr. Fleck, it's a wrap. What, now? Yeah. Already? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week, we're talking about how active dog owners have active dogs and DNA as a means to pinpoint genetic disease. You know, Dr. Fleck, would you be so kind as to uh, thank our guest? Special thanks to our guests, Mike Arms and John Goodwin. And, of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And, of course, Hunter's Healthy Treatment treats, making all natural, yummy, soft-baked treats for dogs of all ages and all. And if you have any questions, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the link podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.